0: Hey there, everybody! Welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. My name is Andy. Sitting across the table from me is Jenny. Hello. And 111 miles to our southwest is Megan. Hello. It is Spookaween, first 2020, which means lots of of so scary elements are going to be creeping into our AEW programming this month.
1: I don't support this.
0: Yeah.
2: I thought it just meant that they would wear costumes.
0: I mean, that's what it meant last year. And in fact, <laughs> myself and uh, past guest co-host Jason attended the Halloween Dynamite last year.
1: But not many people wore costumes. Only... A few. The best friends and... Kenny. Yeah, that's kind of a poor showing
0: It was a poor showing It was disappointing. And it was more about a co-promotion with Adult Swim's Rick and Morty than it was Halloween. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, let's hope that, you know... They
1: don't do that again.
0: Sure, yeah. Let's hope something. I want um, better
2: costumes from this group of people who are big geeks about video games and other things. And also, I know Hikaru Shida cosplays, so come on. I'm to up the ante on this.
0: Yes, agreed. But uh, I'm sure we'll be rolling out our uh, Halloween content as the month progresses. Because yesterday was technically not a a -a spookoween edition of Dynamite because it was on September 30th. But, uh, you know, we're going to be celebrating 30 years of uh, one wrestler's career, which is scary scary enough as it is next week. So (laughs) imagine how old you would have to be to be a wrestler for 30 years. Before we do anything else, what are we going to do, Jenny?
1: It's the Elite Beat Pop of the Week.
0: Okay, and what do we have this week?
1: Well, Andy and I are cleaning out our fridge yep. for our big new fridge <clears throat> arrival on Saturday.
0: Same size fridge.
1: Yeah, I just meant big in our lives. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's a big event, yes.
1: Yeah, that we're handling really well yep. from a stress and anxiety perspective.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I could hear it in your voice. I'll tell you more. <laughs> but so we are down to our last two alcoholic beverages in the fridge. A bottle of Downton Abbey sparkling rosé wine. <laughs> and a bottle of Corona. Andy and I are going to fight over who gets to drink the Corona. <laughs> uh, Downton Abbey is one of my favorite shows of all time. And World Market had Down Abbey branded sparkling wine.
0: They had Down Abbey branded everything. I think they were like the official...
1: They were. Like, they didn't have enough merchandise Downton Abbey partner. branded things. All well,
0: th- apparently we really missed out by not going in there right around the time the movie came out. Damn it. Yeah.
1: Damn it, we could have gotten such good swag. Yep. Ugh. Anyway.
0: Instead, we're just left with A bottle of Downton Abbey Sparkling Rosé. Yep,
1: and I would normally be very excited about this, but Andy got me this bottle, and around Christmas time last year, and my goddaughter also found this bottle and was super excited and got it for me. And we opened it as part of our blind champagne tasting for New Year's, and realized how disgusting it is. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Do you? Re- I don't remember where it ranked versus a little bit of the bubbly. Oh, but...
1: Well, so it was ranked separately from a little bit of the bubbly oh, because... because we did a brute versus a rosé. That's right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I would not be surprised if they both finished last in their group, though.
1: They did okay. both finish last in their group.
0: Okay. That when you right. drink
2: this tonight, I want to know if, just off memory, if you would put it above or below a little bit of the bubbly.
0: All right. I did drink a little bit of the bubbly again in at the end of February uh, for Revolution. Yeah. The last night that anyone came over to our house to do anything.
1: Ever again.
2: <laughs> but did you start with it, or did you sort of end with it after you drank
0: I think other... I started it... with it, because I, I, I convinced myself it was a good idea, because it was like Jericho title defense on that show, and also I just wanted to get rid of it, and I convinced Like a couple of people to drink some of it with me.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so you didn't get stuck with the whole bottle. That's that's a relief.
1: All right. I don't have my champagne tool. I can't
0: open it. All right, let me try. I feel like I don't have as much grip strength as I used to have. Whoa! All right.
1: Well, at least it was a nice sound. Yeah,
2: that was a healthy pop.
0: Yeah, it's not like Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1999 or anything,
1: but...
0: <laughs> Squeaky chair. Oh!
2: no! Oh. Oh, oh! Squeaky oh god. champagne tool.
0: Well, that was your champagne tool? Yep. Squeaky champagne tool.
1: Oh. oh. That's got... Oh my god, the taste of that is awful.
2: You guys both made some horrible sounds right oh. there.
1: Oh!
0: Oh All my right, God. Megan. Uh, you. Well, you I'm to... gonna open my Corona. Okay. All right, Megan. Oh, you that was to, a non-event. You need to one up us here.
2: All right. Well, I have Shanton and you oh, know, right. you've that heard was... about it before. So let's just pop this sucker.
0: Whoa.
2: Yeah, that was a good That's, one.
0: It's gonna look good on my waveform tomorrow when I'm editing. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna stand out really. I'll be like, oh, there's where pop of the week was.
2: Yeah, you can tell Jenny wasn't excited about this champagne that she has because normally Pop of the Week takes about three seconds to get to the pop so that she can drink while she explains <laughs> it, and yeah. I felt like she was really dragging her feet on this one.
1: I really didn't want to drink this one, and I had many reasons. Do not make yourself sick by drinking that.
0: I'm not, gonna plan on it.
1: Okay.
2: Just drink enough Corona that you can then drink that.
1: Well, we have one bottle of Corona.
2: Oh, you don't have enough Corona then. Mm-mm.
0: No, nope, I think I'm done. Two sips.
1: I don't think there's enough Corona in the world that would make drinking the Downton Abbey wine.
0: Why don't you put it on the countertop there?
1: It's tough. Stop. I
2: think promotional mm-hmm. wines generally
0: cool. don't go well. The Walking Dead wine was good.
1: The Walking Dead wine was pretty good.
2: Yeah, but it was also sold as like a pretty mid-tier. Like, it was good, don't get me wrong, but...
1: It was $30 bottle? Is that what you
2: mean? 25 to 30 wasn't it yeah
0: i don't remember i think didn't dave get it for us
2: yeah 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 that's maybe one of the only successful ones i've had with that and that and the hellboy beer that was good
1: oh yeah that was so cool hellboy beer turns green naturally through oxidation
2: unfortunately it's no longer a thing so
1: there's a watermelon white claw and a kitty paw in there
0: okay I've always been curious about the like various Game of Thrones wines.
1: Oh
2: yeah,
0: but I've never tasted any of them.
2: I heard a radio commercial for the WWE wines that are coming out that are exorbitantly expensive.
0: You heard a radio commercial for it? Whoa. Yes, I did. Wow. Were you listening to the like? radio
1: one and in
2: two. the car? <laughs> in the car, and I'm pretty sure it was WEBN. Uh, which is Dean Ambrose's like namesake came from back in the day, uh, the Lunatic Fringe. Oh. That's like their thing. So I'm assuming that it makes sense that there's a commercial for WWE wines on there. Although I don't think they said the price. They just said who they were modeled after, the type of wine, and also that you could order them online. I still don't think it's worth, what what was it, like, 50 bucks a bottle?
0: Oh. Yeah, and you have to buy two bottles. Oh, yeah.
1: so it's $100? Yeah, plus shipping, you know.
0: Why would they do
1: money. that? I don't
0: know. Watch the parts sell through them.
2: You can get a bottle that has an Undertaker logo and a bottle that has, uh, who is the other one? Mach- was it Macho? Rare. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, you can get those bottles with the interesting art on them, but man, I would bet that the wine's probably not great.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. If it's $50 a bottle, do you think that they actually spent money on making a good wine product?
2: No, I think they know people pay $300 for replica belts, and so this is probably going to be fine. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Because what I always appreciated was that the Bellas didn't do just, like, a cheap knocking point bottle and slap their face on it like they partnered with an established winery and made a damn good wine and then priced it accordingly yeah i it's love
2: bella's the bella's real. wine
1: yeah they they had three new varieties come out but it's not bella Redici.
2: Bella-, bella radici
1: yeah it's not bella radici it's like bona bonita bonita okay yeah
2: and that's a rosé and then they also have i think they call it I forget what the name was, but a Chardonnay, and which I just, those two don't interest me. No. So I'm just hoping they do another run of Bell Radici so I can get more bottles
1: of that. Me too. Well, it was weird because the Bell Radici, they had a white and a rosé for that as well, um, as well as the red. So it, it was a little weird that they had a different label for this round of wine
2: yeah maybe they partnered with a different vineyard or something
0: that's no, the same vineyard i thought it was the same still, still, it's the hill family estate um yeah i'm looking at the label for bonita bonita and it's interesting it's got the you know it's like, it's like got a uh drawing of the twins on it
1: right
2: i think their labels are pretty and i think that it totally fits them and they're very good at at that aspect of it like picking good wine to partner with and creating a nice like well-rounded product i just i don't really care that much about chardonnay and rosé
0: yeah if it's not sparkling like rosé can pretty much gtfo as far as i'm concerned
2: (laughs) and i learned that you can't just add bubbles to it because sometimes it just tastes like carbonated rosé
0: that seems like a real uh
2: It was, yeah, it was very disappointing. Babe rosé. I'm sure some people love it, but I thought they were little cans of champagne, and they were, in fact, just carbonated rosé. Sick. Yeah.
0: Well, guys, what do you say we get into the business at hand today? That being recapping the week that was in All Elite Wrestling. Sounds good. Great. Okay. Let us begin with Being the Elite episode 223 Sour Patch Kids. So, Megan. Yes. I found it to be interminable the amount of time that that bit with Matt Jackson destroying the MacBook took.
2: Yeah, I. I thought it's very clear what you're trying to do here. You can stop now. Took a really long time. They,
0: do you think they were going for the thing where, like, something starts out funny and then it goes on too long and then it's not funny, but then it just, if you keep it going long enough past that point, it wraps back around to funny?
1: I've never found that to be the case with anything.
2: Yeah, if they were going for that, it didn't work.
0: Uh, so, yes, the reason that Matt was destroying the laptop is because... Uh, He was just looking to work out some extra frustration after breaking Tony Schiavone's phone, and unfortunately for Brandon Cutler and Hangman Page, the only images somehow of the art project that (laughs) Hangman had been uh, working on uh, to make the Bucks forgive him and love him again uh, were on that laptop.
1: Yeah,
2: and what images they were.
0: Yeah, so we were at like over for two now because you know, if you remember, he tried to give them cakes, and then that uh, megabyte Ronnie food eating champion ate all the cakes.
1: Ugh.
2: Yeah, I think it wasn't just the pictures though, because ultimately he was tasking Brandon with making like a ten minute video to explain. Yeah, it was.
0: It seemed to be a whole multimedia presentation. Yeah. <laughs> Like you might find out in Encarta CD-ROM, circa 1996. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt and Nick made yet another attempt to find their action figures in a Walmart. I I kind of like these, but I thought this one kind of made them look bad because there weren't even any pegs for their figures. So it just looked like this Walmart wasn't even carrying the stuff.
2: Yeah, unless you could explain it as they used to and then completely ran out of stock, so they just took the slot away.
0: My understanding is you just, like, leave the peg and then wait for the next shipment to come in, though, but I don't know.
1: That is also my understanding of how retail stocking works.
0: Um, they, did, they did find a DVD called Copper Bill, uh, starring oh Dustin Rhodes, so that was interesting.
2: I didn't know he... Dipped his toe into acting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's like been a fairly recent thing for him. Okay. Uh, let's see. Were there good Dark Order bits this week?
2: They sang Cody's theme
0: song. That's right.
2: And then Adrenaline they got caught. My soul,
0: something something Cody Rhodes.
2: Cody in Miles, their defense. In the... <laughs> I. Do you know the words to the song? No, of course I don't.
0: I think it starts out, adrenaline in my soul. Uh, But I could be wrong.
2: They sang it exactly the way I sing it in my head.
0: Okay. (laughs) Only with slightly more words. Brody Lee stormed into the room demanding to know what was going on. And they said that they were singing his theme song. So he said, all right, let me hear it. And then so they kind of improvised some lyrics to a Brody Lee theme song. Then he started flashing everyone.
2: Yeah, that part was weird.
0: Yeah. I mean, not Anna Jay, to his credit. He left her out of it, but he flashed all the guys, and then he flashed uh, poor Alex Reynolds on the, uh, on the phone, who's in COVID quarantine, but said he was oh. at fencing camp. Oh. Yeah. Um... Speaking Spanglish this week was uh, they did a full-on telenovela starring Dasha and Ortiz where Ortiz was in love with Dasha but people kept coming up to him and telling him that Dasha wasn't who she said she was. And this paid off with Dasha being revealed to be Marco Stunt and then Ortiz ran into the bathroom and threw up. So, I don't know. I was talking to Megan about this. I don't know if it was like homosexual panic or just uh, Marco stunts a little gross weirdo.
2: I think we settled on it being the second one because even within this episode of BT, there are so many moments of homoeroticism that I just can't believe. That they took a hard left on this one segment.
0: Yeah. Um, Christopher Daniels cut a nice promo about uh, being an old man and still having something left in the tank. I feel like I've seen this promo before, (laughs) but he's he's good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Matt Jackson handed Eddie Kingston a bag of Sour Patch Kids and told him to cut a promo, and then Kingston... Like he did with the, uh. Cookie. The, uh. Cookie or whatever it was. He, he, uh. He cut a promo on the Sour Patch Kids bag.
2: Just made me want Sour Patch Kids.
1: I don't, I don't like Sour Patch Kids.
0: I like Sour Patch Kids.
2: I like them. I like the watermelon pack too, where it's just That's all watermelon.
0: Gross. <laughs> We're not friends anymore. Whatever. Uh. Best friends. We're all hanging out. Uh. Chuck, they were, like, in the kitchenette area backstage at Daly's Place, I guess, or wherever the hell. And uh, they decided they're going to put Brandon Cutler's head in a microwave and kill him. But uh, they realized that Cutler has a neck, so they couldn't close the door on it. Like, they would have to, have, like, cut off his head first, and that's, you know.
1: That's what's really going to kill him.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's he would already be dead at that point. So John Silver walks up, and he's trying to recruit them into the Dark Order. And they say they, they put their heads together, and they say, "Okay, we'll join your weird cult
1: if you kill Brandon if Cutler." If you kill Brandon
0: Cutler for us, so uh, and also there was some very good. Like Chuck really had to like sweet talk Silver um, into this, and he, he wrapped his arm around his around his neck from behind and just kind of caressed him. And John Silver stroked Chucky's arm the whole time that uh, Chuck was explaining things to him. It was very it was very <laughs> sensual i would say and i loved it <laughs> yeah so then suddenly as soon as he's charged with this uh mission he he runs at the camera and starts punching because brandon cutler is the cameraman for bte and he's just like screaming and pounding away and cutler's yelling and like and then chuck and trent Decide this was like, this is what they meant. This is not an artful enough way to kill Brandon Cutler, so they pulled Silver off and sent him off on his way. I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Maybe he had to yeah. be there. <laughs> no,
2: I thought it was funny. I thought it was like funny when Chuck pulled John Silver off him and was like, hey man, you're supposed to kill him, but like it's supposed to be funny and maybe a little sexual, not like what you did. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think Trent, like, was going for a kiss on the camera when, the, when, the, when it cut out.
2: Yeah, because yeah, they all gathered around the camera to say, Brandon, we're so sorry. We wanted to kill you, but not like this. And we'll do better. We'll make sure it's a better time uh, when we kill you. Not like that little muscle pervert. <laughs>
0: which
2: I thought was great.
0: It was great. Okay, that's BTE. What a show. Check out the, at the Elite Beat Pod on Instagram. And uh, Megan Dynamite.
2: All right, Dynamite. So we open the show with a match between Ricky Starks and Darby Allen, and before Darby's entrance hits, we get a very short little clip of him at his compound with. A man who I did not recognize, is this a skater man, Andy, or do you know?
0: I do know. This is a rapper named JPEG Mafia.
2: Okay. I had no idea. Well, yes. JPEG Mafia, he is hosting this little clip and he says, you know, we wanted to call out Team Taz, me and Darby. I can't, Darby's in a body bag. You can't see him yet, but he's like, Team Taz, they're a bunch of cowards especially Ricky Starks, dressing up like Darby. But we want to show him that Darby's not a coward, and he's ready for you guys. So he pushes this body bag that presumably has Darby in it, and I, it's like on a skateboard. He pushes it off this high, I don't know, like little like perch there. Yeah, it's like a big skateboard slide, but he's high up and he pushes the skateboard off of it and it stays on the ramp luckily but it's just like what a weird way to to show Darby's is very brave um uh, but yeah that was that was his little promo video prior to him actually showing up to fight the match
0: darby 100 percent didn't have to be in that thing but i bet he was
2: yeah that was my thought because why not why wouldn't Darby do it? But anyway, that was just the little pre-match vignette. Um, this match was a classic dynamite opener. It was very fun. Uh, both guys had a really good showing and Darby Allen ultimately got the win with his coffin drop. But I think the message in this match was that Darby had been preparing and it turns out he knows more than just being a wild rando chaotic guy, he knows submissions now. Yeah, so he has range.
0: I guess you'd call it that. Um...
2: (laughs) He has other options?
0: Yes, he has other options. I thought this match was really good.
2: Yeah, these two work well together.
0: Yeah. Um... Brain Cage out at one point, but then Will Hobbs came out to you in the score and they fought and it it didn't really lead to anything for the match itself, but they are now set up to face each other next week for the FTW title.
2: Yes, it will be an all-jeans match.
0: Oh, I hope not. Maybe (laughs) Scorpio Sky can uh, officiate in his black (laughs) skinny
1: jeans. Oh, maybe he could just like interfere or something.
2: Jenny, suddenly interested in this large man match, as long as (laughs) Scorpius Guy is there in his black jeans. One
1: day we'll see those jeans again.
2: I mean, he probably wears them on a fairly regular basis, just not in the wrestling ring.
1: You know, he doesn't take as many selfies as he used to on his Instagram. Sometimes he would take, like, outfit selfies. He doesn't do that really anymore.
2: Now he's too busy actually being back at work. He's not stuck at home.
1: Well, most of those happened when he was like traveling. Oh. Now now, like all his photos are like him in like gym gear. It's been a long time since I've seen him in actual clothes, which I feel like is a fair thing to say of all people. Yeah, so I saw those jeans <clears throat> on March 11th on his Instagram, <laughs> but he had a coat over him, so he really couldn't see much. But, yeah, that was the last time I saw those jeans.
0: I was just thinking today, actually. I was thinking, like, my wife and I should go out. We should have, like, a date night out. And then I thought, where would we go? And, two, like, I don't want to put real clothes on.
2: <laughs> yeah. I had to go uh, pick, like, I was going to help my sister pick up her car because it's in the shop. Mm-hmm. And we borrowed, our, like, my parent, one of my parents' cars and she basically told me this, like, an hour before the place closed. And I was, like, very upset. And she goes, you don't have to do it if you don't want. And I'm like, nah, I just really don't want to put on real pants. And she just gave me this look like, okay. But genuinely, putting on jeans, like, the worst.
1: Yeah, Megan, my um, sweatpant radius... <laughs> and no bra radius has just, I mean, it's miles and miles now. Like, Oh, I, yeah. I, I don't put on real clothes, and if I'm not going in somewhere, I don't put on a bra either. And now that it's getting to be winter, I'll just put, like, a sweatshirt on it and I won't wear a bra, even if I do have to go in somewhere. <laughs>
2: uh, I've been playing that game well before this pandemic. It, <laughs> the, the no bra zone. That spans far and wide i just wear a sweatshirt or a hoodie zipper up and then if anybody wants to call me out on it they can have that awkward conversation but i'm covered
1: i found like this summer i guess early this spring i found on old navy some like cotton shorts women's shorts that are actually like five inches long instead of show your ass the whole time and i mean it's been like a life changer 'Cause I haven't worn real pants or shorts in months.
2: Heck yeah. I feel like you should invest in some basketball shorts because that achieves what you're looking for too.
1: Yeah, it but it doesn't I don't, have I don't like well, the don't fabric like... of basketball shorts. The polyester, it makes I don't I don't like the touch of it, the feel of it.
2: Oh, that's fair. That's fair.
0: I have uh, some follow up from last week, uh, that I want to report as we're on the air here.
1: About the bread.
0: About Bread Club. Oh no. And about Hangman Page's uh, working relationship with Satoshi Gojima.
2: Okay. Oh, oh gosh.
0: So, uh, friend of the pod, Lucas, literally. Uh, well, actually, this is. I guess this was Monday. I just. I don't get Facebook messenger notifications, so I just. I don't know that somebody sent me a message until I randomly open it.
2: You're doing it right.
0: Yeah. So, Monday, he said. Page teamed with Yujiro against Kojima and Tenzon in the World Tag League. Kojima was not in the G1 the year Page was in it, so they've worked. They've worked. So then I checked. There's a wonderful website called the Pro uh, the Internet Wrestling Database, where you can take a wrestler and then pick an opponent or partner, and then you can see a list of all the matches they've had against each other. Oh,
1: that's a really helpful database.
0: Yes, it is not like. 100%. It doesn't, like, for a lot of promotions it won't, like, include house shows, but it'll it'll catch anything televised, pretty much. So, according to them, they have worked against each other 18 times.
1: Oh, that's a lot.
0: From June 24th, 2016 to December 3rd, 2018. So, 18 matches in about two years.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. All tags.
1: They were a tag team, or they were
0: They were opposing. They were okay. like, on the opposite sides for, for, for almost every one. Um, yeah. Adam
2: should join Bread Club.
0: He should join Bread Club. Here's the Bread Club update of the week. Uh, there's only one tweet. As I said last week, that's pretty much usually what you get. It came out today. Hello. Yesterday I went to do a dental treatment. It was painful and scary. I went there for the first time in seven years. I think I eat too much bread. Do not worry.
2: <laughs> does bread give you cavities?
0: I think. Uh, <laughs> did I think you guys a see lot story today does. about uh, Subway in Ireland? No. Where? Oh gosh. A court ruled that uh, the bread that is used by Subway, and I don't know if this is Subway across the board or just Subway Ireland, um, cannot. Call it so they—they're not allowed to market it as bread anymore because it contains too much sugar.
1: I honestly—I think wow—bread contains a lot of sugar. I'm gonna—I'm gonna I'm grab gonna our bread loaf here and see how many grams of sugar
0: that is. Bread has tons of sugar in it. Like,
2: I knew American bread did, but I didn't think globally because I—I worked with a guy who was from um, sugar
1: content. Romania, mm-hmm.
2: and he said when he came here. There was sugar in everything like he couldn't he, he couldn't believe that even in the bread there was so much sugar everything was so sweet
0: i think I, I, you've told me that story before i don't remember why but i think it's, it's come up before probably just an I example think, of like what are we doing here
2: yeah we put sugar in everything we need to
0: stop yeah
1: yeah so our bread our multi-grain bread it's
0: almost a meaningless term with
1: steel cut wheat and rolled oats
0: mm-hmm.
1: um contains four grams of sugar in one slice all right now yeah. context a can of coke contains 39 grams of sugar oh okay so and then a bag of cheez-its contains zero
0: so the cheez-its are healthy is what you're saying yes okay
1: that Completely. is what i have
0: nothing to worry about
1: cheese it's actually have four grams of protein oh
0: man
1: the same as bread a slice of bread
0: that's fabulous
1: and uh and no sugar i say cheez it's
2: my nice. sister suggested crumbling cheeses up and putting them on top of macaroni and cheese the other day and i thought that's horrifying but also brilliant
1: <laughs> i have the same thought megan both equally.
2: <laughs> How would that taste? Probably good? I I can't get addicted to Cheez It macaroni and cheese. I just can't. I'm
1: I'm addicted to Cheese Its. We get like a Amazon subscription giant box of <laughs> Cheese Its every three months.
2: I think that's the way to go. Yeah. I'm always supplied.
0: Um Megan. Yep. Uh, ten minutes ago, I messaged your sister and said, bless you, and, uh, she hasn't responded back, so I think she's embarrassed.
1: I almost said it on the (laughs) microphone, but Megan was talking, so I didn't want to interrupt Megan.
2: Emily probably looked at that and thought, I don't know what this means, and then just set it aside. (laughs) Because that's her, her attitude.
1: Is it like when I used to send you the eye emoji every time you would log on to your PS4?
2: Yeah, you stalker. (laughs) It's just like, okay. Oh, good. You know I'm going to spend five hours watching Netflix. I never stalked you, Jenny.
1: It had been a while since I, like, spent time on Netflix. And I forgot how fucking judgy they are. They're always like, are you still watching Selling Sunset?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not done with it, am I? (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's like, well, have I finished the last episode of the third season within 48 hours? No, then I am still watching it.
2: I remember when, uh, like, a couple years ago, Netflix, on their Twitter account, they kind of gave up this unsaid thing where they're clearly monitoring how much people watch and what they're watching, which, like, obviously I would assume that, but they posted a really judgy tw- tweet about somebody watching, like, The Christmas Prince. 30 times in a row or something yeah
1: it was like i think it was like 12 people who had watched the christmas prince 30 times yeah they said something like we're sorry about your life or like and i just thought you know what like fuck off netflix like
2: also like that's a netflix produced movie you should probably let them run up your numbers (laughs) it is and
0: this is what the tweet was to the 53 people who've watched a christmas prince every day for the past 18 days who hurt you
2: (laughs) damn netflix you gotta let it go that's your movie and then i just think of how many times i've watched the office on repeat
0: it's a lot uh breaking news uh we talked about this a few weeks ago With uh, WWE and their new social media policies.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say like Christmas Prince 4 was coming this winter. Sorry. How are there three others? Megan, the first one's actually really good.
0: The rest are not. (laughs) But they keep them. Okay. So, there is a story on uh, WrestlingInc.com. WWE taking over Talents' Twitch accounts in four weeks. So... Here's what, the, here's what this means. Um, okay, Wrestling Inc. has learned that Vince McMahon sent an email to Talent this week reminding them that they have until this Friday, October 2nd, to sever any unauthorized business relationships with third parties. You guys remember we talked about this last week? Yeah, but month? I
1: thought that you said that they walked back from this. It's.
0: I thought they had. It was noted that Talent who failed to comply could be fined, suspended, or terminated. Um, Talent, were told... This week, the company will be taking control of their Twitch accounts in four weeks. WWE will own those accounts. However, talent will receive a percentage of the revenue, which counts against their guarantees.
1: Does not. You're kidding me. No. How can they even enforce that? I, I
0: like, mean, how, how can they do anything? Megan? <laughs>
1: How could they possibly take over the like that?
0: I can't wait till Andrew Yang hears about this.
1: Oh my God,
2: that is this is more like... Bonkers so... than just <laughs> telling them to shut it down.
1: <laughs> oh my God. So Paige is leaving. I
2: I would if I were her. She makes way more than she does on salary there, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, I mean, she makes at least what forty five thousand dollars a month on I, Twitch. That's,
0: that's what someone estimated. Yeah, I don't want to say that that's a factual statement, but yeah. even if it's I mean, just we're not the
1: IRS, a... we're not gonna no, audit her. No. But...
0: Yeah,
2: even if it's just a rough estimate, though, um, you said that generally divas who wrestle—and I said divas because that's how long ago I asked you about this—made about what, like eighty grand a year? Well
1: remember the shitty apartments that the bellas lived in and yeah trinity lived in
0: yeah i mean that was a generation ago uh it, i think it's much better now but you know for main roster talent but yeah that was that was certainly the case at one point like stacy like, are... who left after doing dancing with the stars and then uh, fell in love with george Clooney for a decade uh she i think she was losing money on the road at one point in her wwe career and it was because they don't pay for anything and in fact it was telling people about that stuff when she was at dancing with the stars where they were just like what like like you know real entertainment industry people were just like what are you talking about what what
1: (laughs) do you have to pay for your own hotel room
0: yeah and your rental car car? yeah yeah shit's wild that's ridiculous yeah this 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 thing's crazy
1: Listen, I, I mean, I don't understand how this can happen.
2: I don't know how they can enforce it or how
1: like Twitch would
2: allow that.
1: Well, I mean, they're going to have to the the owner of the account would have to sign it over. Sign it over to WWE. So it's That's not what like I was Twitch thinking. could like let someone else be on their account. Like the the talent's going to have to sign it over to them. well some
2: services do have a thing where like you're not allowed to to do this sort of secondary ownership thing uh as part of like their terms and i'm i'm guessing if they're gonna try this twitch doesn't but also like essentially is vince mcmahon going around be like send me your password by friday so i can log in and take over
1: god that's creepy but yeah, I mean, I think that's essentially what that email is. That's
2: so weird and dumb. I would Ugh. I know they're kind of stuck, especially now in the pandemic times. But man, if enough of them didn't stand for this, and I'm talking like big names, they could probably get this reversed.
1: Well, what AJ Style has a Twitch account, right?
0: Yeah. Does does he or does he Twitch accounts?
1: But like big guys,
0: we're talking about big name people. Yeah, like AJ Styles, Xavier Woods.
2: Biggie, you said was making a pretty decent,
0: or uh, living off Cameo. B- B- Biggie is yeah, is cranking out on Cameo. I don't know. We we got we got we got way too much to cover to, to get mired in this again. But I just I, I it's fucking unbelievable. It's
1: unbelievable. We live in it's a upsetting. fucking free country, people.
2: They need to unionize. I know they won't, but they need to. This is garbage, yeah. and the gall to be like, "You'll get a cut of it, but now we own it. Everything and the
0: go- cut counts against your guarantee."
1: Exactly. That's yeah, the worst uh, part. Like
0: that—that that doesn't give you any incentive to do it.
1: No. Well, no, so I'm going to be doing work to make you more money, but I'm not going to be making any more money. Yeah. Great.
2: Yeah, that's dumb. Ugh, that's so maddening. Ugh. Fitz and Band you're the worst. Yeah. I don't... <sighs> okay, well you know who's not the worst yet? Yeah. It's Cody. Yeah. I think his hair is a mistake. Uh, yeah, but...
1: hair's a mistake. Love the look except for all the jangly...
0: Like the watch fog thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's like
2: a steampunk businessman. What are all the chains for? I I don't know. He doesn't have a pocket watch. Anyway. Cody. Evil Cody. Is here. And he has an in-ring interview with Dasha. So that she can. Kind of pry into the details of his. Vacation. Uh, She's asks him initially how he's feeling because all of the injuries that he suffered were never really detailed and are kind of a mystery. And Cody quotes his trainer, Al Snow, saying, you'll always wrestle hurt, but you'll never wrestle injured, or never wrestle injured. And Cody says he thought about that quote, and he never thought to ask, what do you do if your injury isn't physical, if it transcends into spiritual? What do you do then? So, he clearly has some stuff going on. I mean, look at the hair. And he says, you know, the reason wrestlers in the back shake hands isn't out of respect, it's because they need each other. There are two names on the marquee, and you're trying to give the people a show. So when you get beat in three minutes, kind of wonder what's going on. And then you get that call from Hollywood. And there there you are on another show. And you're surrounded by stars. And he name drops some stars that he was hanging out with. I think Rosario Dawson was one. Snoop Dogg.
1: Jennifer Hinkley.
0: Nettles.
1: Nettles. Okay. Hinkley. I don't know. (laughs) Christy Brinkley Hinkley.
0: Um, He called Snoop Dogg a piece of uh, Americana.
2: That's pretty big. Like rosario dawson's awesome too so uh he says you know you're surrounded by these huge names but you're still the guy who got beaten three minutes so he's a little down on himself and dasha tries to redirect she says well you're back now so that's good and cody's like yeah but while i was away i had my ear to the ground which is funny because he does have super hearing last i checked Mm
0: mm-hmm
2: and he says he's heard the same old stories that wrestlers always have. That people talk about being the future or the ace in the company.
0: Was that and... shot at Kenny?
2: Because
0: um, Kenny did that promo a couple weeks ago where he talked about how, you know, he hasn't been the ace that he was expected to be.
2: I don't know because like he said, I mean, a lot of people have this base their promos on I'm going for the top of the ladder, you know, I'm gonna get the gold, Not and I'm the future. ace, though. That's true, but uh, Cody seemed to keep saying ace in terms of the TNT Championship, too, so I don't, I didn't know if that was, maybe you're right, maybe it is directed at Kenny.
0: I thought it might just be one of those things that they kind of, you know, they, they seed away for future use.
2: Well, Jenny is, uh, has always highlighted how Kenny and Cody didn't get along. In the early days of BTE and how they probably hate each other secretly. Yep. Oh. So yeah, maybe you're right.
1: I understand, Kenny. I understand when someone comes into the group and starts acting like new best friend and taking your best friend. I understand.
0: What are you talking about?
1: what that's she what he like... did to kenny
0: what, no but like what's your frame of reference for that
1: i just have friend jealousy oh okay you know this you've seen it <laughs> well
0: no i know I, I i know but she just described a situation that's never happened to her right okay
1: well, that, <laughs> that me, sounded like a lie <laughs> I, no, no, that's fair i just
0: i was trying to think if i was like forgetting something
2: I'll take her silence as, sure. May, maybe Jenny's right though, and, and you're right. Maybe it is a, a Kenny reference. I I just thought he was using the term ace, because he, he's like, I was the ace, or when I was the TNT champ, and now the only people kind of worthy of the honor and distinction of being the future and the aces are the current champions. So, Hikaru, John Moxley, and, Mr. Birdie Lee.
0: I thought it was cool that he um, included Hiroshita in that mix.
2: Yeah, she's got a championship belt.
0: Yeah. But I feel like, I don't know, if this promo were happening in another company, like, the women's champions would not be considered. for dis- They wouldn't have even thought of it, you know, because it's a man doing the promo.
2: Yeah. No, I appreciate it, but I expect no less from this company. Jenny has always pointed out how she has high expectations and they don't always meet them, but I think this was a good one. Yep. So yeah, um, Cody emphasizes Mr. Brody Lee because he's clearly annoyed that he was beaten in three minutes, again, Third, yeah, three minutes. Uh, Dasha asks him if he's going to accept Mr. Brody Lee's challenge for a dog collar match, which sounds weird. Um, Cody says that match is going to be violent and bloody and unsafe so as an EVP my answer is no and then he starts to walk away and the crowd the small crowd we have boos at that answer luckily Cody's psyching us all out because when he gets to the top of the stage he turns around and he comes back and he grabs Mike and he says what I meant was no regrets and then he accepts the challenge and so he specifically states the match will be next week. It's an AEW dog collar match for the TNT Championship. And this stirs Mr. Brody Lee from the back, uh, it, or where he's hanging out in the back, and he runs out, and he and Cody start getting a big scuffle, and the Dark Order boys and various roster members around the ring have to jump in here and separate them. But Brody Lee is going hard at, at Cody, um, so it takes a lot. And then the Dark Order on the outside... And Brandy runs out and kind of flies past her husband, goes up to the top rope and does a dive onto the Dark Order members, knocking them all down. But not Anna Jay. She shows up and starts going after Brandy. So we've got Cody and Brody Lee trying to kill each other in the ring and Brandy and Anna Jay on the outside with various women trying to hold them apart. And basically chaos ensues in the way it always does in these sorts
0: of things. This was okay. I like it was. It was pretty good. Um, you know what though, Megan? You know which one I always think about when I see an angle like this. Which one? Undertaker and Brock Lesnar.
2: <laughs> yeah, when they're fighting the back.
0: Yeah, and they just they it just like kept happening throughout the show. I, I don't think that one's ever going to be topped in my mind. But this was this was pretty good.
1: I just Cody really peaked with his Miami Vice look. Back in
0: the... At the Miami
1: show. The bash at the beach. Yeah. And he's just... That was his peak promo. And I don't think he can top it.
0: Everything's just a letdown. I thought this was a good promo.
2: I think Cody's good at promos. Generally. (laughs) I think it would be surprising not to get a strong promo out of him
0: I believe we awarded him best on promos in our awards last year we did
1: in our beaties
0: yeah probably not this year I'm thinking not
1: yeah Yeah, because he doesn't have the Miami Vice promo this year
0: Yeah.
2: he's done less of them too like I think he's still very skilled
0: he did a lot during the MJF feud and then but that was like at the beginning of the year
2: yeah this hair though guys i don't
1: it's rough (sighs) he looks like johnny cash because he's wearing all black with the black black hair that's clearly dyed uh
2: i don't know about johnny cash but i do know that it the hair just i don't like it i want bleach blonde cody back i think he can be a total douchebag heel with that hair too he doesn't need to go i guess black it's kind of like dark brown i don't know it's just it clashes clashes with this look
0: so brody and cody is already next week right
2: yeah what's a dog collar match because jr said he's called a few in his day and they're always very violent
0: so it's the two wrestlers will be attached to by oh. a dog collar around their neck, so oh like each god. each wrestler will have a dog collar around his neck, and then there will be a leather strap that connects the two. Oh
1: my god, that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard.
2: Does anyone choke and die?
0: No, no, because it's it's fake.
2: <laughs> I mean, still get caught up on the ropes or something.
0: Yeah, no, I mean they will do that spot, but. There have been there have been not like a ton of dog collar matches that have been on like high profile.
1: Uh, there's a reason why.
2: <laughs> I gotta say, uh, I'm with Jenny on this one. This sounds stupid. Uh,
0: the 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 most recent one I can think of was uh, WCW. Chris Jericho actually competed in a dog collar match, so maybe he can give Brody Lee some pointers.
2: Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to get to see my first dog collar match next week.
1: That's right. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be in the second hour, so I will be asleep for it. And then when I watch the second hour the next day, I can just fast forward through it. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, it is for the TNT Championship. I just want to reiterate that, so... There is, there are stakes. From there, we go backstage, where Tony is interviewing the FTR boys, and also Tully. He says, hey, you're gonna face SCU, that's cool, are you, how you feeling about that? And, um, Cash, he says that, he just wants to, like, reiterate, and I think, because obviously people think they're cowards, but last week, when... They didn't have a match. They did those backyard wrestlers a huge favor because they just weren't ready. And that's best friends. Um, So, you know, that was them being nice. This week, it's time to cement their legacy by beating SEU because SEU, if you remember, are the original AEW World Tag Team Champions. So by beating them, kind of proves, I guess, that FDR truly deserves... To have the championship um tony says that's cool but what about the young bucks and dax gets mad and says you know what the young bucks have blown every single chance they've been given he listed off many matches where they didn't win when they had an opportunity to to get the titles or get a title shot and so he doesn't think they deserve the AEW world tag team championships and they won't be getting a match anytime soon if he has anything to say about it, which I think he and Cash do because part of their stipulation for TV championship matches is that they get to pick the opponents.
0: He cited um, the uh, tournament match against Private Party, he cited the Revolution Tag Team title shot against Omega and Page, and he cited the gauntlet that FTR actually won, uh, where Hangman uh, prevented the Bucks from winning.
2: Yeah, he He's actually made. Seats. It. A decent case yeah yeah receipts <laughs> yeah um yeah and right about this time that they're talking about the young bucks matt jackson sidles over and he super kicks tony
0: oh and nick jackson's uh, phantom leg
2: oh yeah sure
0: did you not pick up on that
2: i thought it was just matt
0: two feet two feet appeared in frame to kick tony yeah. shivani in the face
2: both oh my had gosh.
0: On. Both had Jordans on.
2: <laughs> Where's Nick?
0: What? Well, he's quarantining at home, I think.
2: Is he but he's not sick, right? He's just I don't know. Oh my gosh. Okay.
0: I just don't know why they're pretending that he's that he's been there the last 2 weeks.
1: It's weird.
0: It's almost like they're just like messing around because they know that people know that he's not there.
1: Well, they did post something um like cuz Matt did post on Instagram. Of, of that shot with the two feet there mm-hmm. and in his comedy, is like nick didn't want to stick around to like say anything mm-hmm. so i maybe they're trying they're missing the mark but it seems like they're trying to make it be funny yeah but it's not i
0: mean it's kind of funny it's just like i, I just don't really know what the purpose is
2: we'll find out when the they do a payoff of it eventually i'm sure
0: and then FDR complained that uh, that Matt was ignoring them.
2: Well, yeah, they were trying to act like heroes, like, "Hey, you went after the old guy. We're right here. You should have got, you should have gotten us." Like.
0: Also, got a, a Dave Meltzer name drop in the segment.
2: Well, Uncle Dave is important to the Bucks' lives, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Here's what but I yeah. would get. I can't imagine. So, Megan, tell me this. Do you think that this is the match for fully loaded, full gear, rather? Uh,
2: it's so. I guess it's not really. It's soon, but not too soon. Um, yeah.
0: I don't. I don't think it is because right now they seem to me like they're both heel teams.
2: Yeah, they are, and this is obviously the match that, <laughs> like, the build up to this preceded AEW being a thing so I guess I can drag it on as long as they need to but man, like, this is the match everybody wants to see, so if they're not gonna do it at full gear which, I, I think you're right it's probably too soon but what pay-per-view do you think they're gonna finally do this thing?
0: Maybe maybe uh, Revolution again try to, okay. you know get that uh, repeat history with uh, another really high-end tag team match at Revolution. Okay. So that would be February.
2: So who do you think the, um, or FDR is going to fight with at Full Gear?
0: I don't know. I was thinking maybe Jericho and Hager. Mm. Who I know, I understand that they are also two heel teams, but I, I don't know. I feel like Crowd of just pure Jericho, so it doesn't really matter.
2: Yeah. And they're trying to up their, their team score or whatever, so. Yeah,
0: I like that the strategy with that is not that the, they're going to run up their score on Dark, but they're going to bring up Dark tag teams to Dynamite to fight them.
2: <laughs> well, they still want to be on TV.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. That comes up later, but yeah. Um, poor Tony. He's out the rest of the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right after this interview, we go over to Dasha, who is talking with Su, and she just asks, like, "Hey, what's on your mind right now?" Because you are about to have this match with FDR and Scorpio and Kazarian are both very confident that they're gonna win. They're gonna get their titles back. And as they're walking through the backstage area on their way to the ring, they pass Sean Spears who kind of gives Scorpio this look. They have a moment, and Sean Spears just sarcastically says, Good luck! And then, uh, SEU moves on to enter the ring.
0: I feel like Tully's
2: uh, boys are getting jealous.
0: Well, I think it's just a little continuity from Tuesday Night Dynamite.
2: That's true.
0: Because if you remember, uh, Scorpio ran... Sean Spears out of the ring after Sean Spears beat uh, Matt Seidel on that show.
2: Yeah, but that was warranted because Sean Spears was being a douchebag.
0: Sure, but, you know, Sean Spears is a heel, so he's still he still resents it.
1: He's not very self-aware. <laughs> Introspective. That's fair.
2: Well, he wishes them good luck sarcastically and maybe... Maybe that cursed them, or maybe they were doomed from the start, but uh, SCU does not beat FDR. They do not get their tag team titles back, and they don't even go with the full 20-minute time limit wherein FDR would just automatically win.
0: Yeah, that actually surprised me.
1: Yeah, like, why put in that stipulation if you're not going
0: to use it? Probably to make people think there was going to be a 20-minute draw, and then you surprise them by doing a finish.
2: Yeah, I really did think they were going to do something similar to with Darby and Cody and have, like, maybe SCU, one of them pinning one of the FTR guys and do a two-count, and then the time's up, and it's like, nah, we won.
0: But this match was, uh, was a terrific tag team match.
2: It was. It was very fun. Um, Adam pages on commentary. And he's very unprepared. According to his Chiron.
0: But while this,
2: well, it's freaking 90 degrees and he, he's like wearing a full on button down shirt and jeans, which might be a weird costume choice, Adam. It's so hot.
0: I know we slagged Kenny for his, uh, the clothes he wore for commentary, but maybe he was the smartest of them all because he was probably way more comfortable than anybody else. That's right.
2: Yeah, he just looked like he went to the gym.
0: Yeah.
1: Looked like they breathed.
2: Those cowboy shirts do not
1: breathe. No.
2: now poor, uh, poor Adam uh, was sweating like crazy, but he did have a drink. Um, and throughout this match we got kind of a picture of where his head's at these days because JR and Excalibur would ask him questions and just sort of to get a read on stuff. We, he, the big thing is JR asks Adam are you done with tag team wrestling? Because of course they've been asking Kenny this stuff and so Adam's like no I've got a very vested interest in this tag team division I'm still in it I'm still excited and then Excalibur follows that up by saying, well, when Kenny was here, he made it clear that he's a singles guy. So how do you feel about that? And Adam just goes, is he? Has he had a match? I I haven't seen it, which is like a fair point. Uh, But he also gets asked about the Bucks and how um, they're super kicking everyone and it's mean. And he just kind of brushes it off and says, everyone's acting a little weird lately. And then at various points they ask about FTR fellow North Carolinians and he calls them a bunch of manipulators and says he doesn't have a relationship with them anymore. So that's all running in commentary while the match is going on. Andy, you said it's a very good match. Uh, any any other thoughts on that?
0: Not really. It's just, you know, the, the good Modern tag team match with lots of, you know, near falls and double man moves and such.
2: Not cheating FTR. Mm
0: hmm. They um, they're cheaters. Yeah. They, they win when uh, Sky is going for a suplex and Tully grabs his leg and kind of pulls him down and then holds the leg so he can't kick out.
2: Yeah. And I guess the ref would have to see them cheating if he was looking, but it also seems like Scorpio's legs or his feet touched the ropes multiple times. So it was kind of like a. Yep. It's kind of like. All right. Yeah. This match was really fun. Um, At the end of it, we find out they've just announced an eight man single elimination tournament for. the weeks between now and full gear, the finals will be at full gear and the winner will get a number one contender for the, or will be the number one contender for the world title. Um, They say we've got our first three entrants right now and they are jungle boy, Ray Phoenix and Kenny Omega. And at this Adam almost does a spit take. Then he says, I've got to go. And he leaves the announce table very quickly.
0: That might be the tournament final.
2: So the next match we have on the card is Isaiah Cassidy against Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho gets the win. He does his Judas effect. But little Isaiah puts up a pretty good fight up until the end. He's perhaps um, a little too enthusiastic. Uh, the, the announced team kind of hints that he's a singles wrestler. or No, this is f- his first singles match. He's a tag team specialist, so he may not know how to pace himself the way Jericho does.
0: This one I liked a lot. They had a really good story where Isaiah Cassidy kept hitting Chris Jericho with Chris Jericho's moves, like uh yes. like the the lion salt and the code breaker, and he would get near falls on him, and and he was just like he was moving so fast that he was just keeping Jericho off balance the whole time, and I I thought it was great, and obviously he lost at the end, but. Uh, I don't know, Jericho's good at these kinds of matches against guys you think would be outmatched, and then they end up show, you know, putting up a good fight. Kind of like, it was. It reminded me of the first Orange Cassidy match.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was impressive what Isaiah was doing. hmm
0: They also did a thing uh, where, partway through the match, Cassidy tossed Jericho over the guardrail, and Jericho ran into his buddy Luther and shoved him, and then Luther, like shoved him back and then clotheslined him over the barricade and that uh is setting up a tag match for next week where the chaos project lutheran serpentico will wrestle chris jericho and jake hager on chris jericho's 30th anniversary show so <laughs> so this is what we're getting because lance storm can't get into the country from canada
2: is that really gonna be the
0: thing
1: who's lance storm
0: lance storm is a pro wrestler who debuted on the same day as Chris Jericho in a match against Chris Jericho. Huh. And has been, has wrestled all over the world, ECW, WCW, WWE, uh, ran his own wrestling school for a long time, trained the likes of Peyton Royce, and uh, who else did he train? He trained a bunch of people. Anyway, Tyler, Tyler Breeze. Uh, Yeah, Hmm. Uh, And so he has always said that he thinks it would be really cool if he, if the first and last match of his career were against the same person.
1: Huh. Now, what, wait, why can't he get into the country? I thought...
0: COVID restrictions.
1: Well, but I thought Canada and the U.S. were
0: cool. He's, he's, he's a 50-year-old man. He doesn't want to, like, go have to quarantine for, like... (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Do, okay. Do, so it's like a, it's not to, like to go like to the COVID down. to go to the COVID capital of the United States, okay. yeah. But no,
1: that's as <laughs> a personal choice. Okay. He's a
0: very reasonable person, yeah. Yeah,
1: okay.
2: He's very super cool. serious.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I remember um a, a while ago Jericho had talked about really wanting to do Jericho and Storm because they all, uh, they were also a tag team back in the day. They called the Thrill Seekers. They were this young Pretty Boy tag team. And uh, he wanted to do... For his 30th anniversary, he wanted to do Thrill Seekers versus the Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. So that's probably what would have happened if COVID hadn't happened.
2: Oh, damn. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Has Lance... I know he has a school, but does he... Does he wrestle at all, or is he mostly off the grid at this point?
0: Lance hasn't uh, wrestled in a while. He, He closed his school down last year, and went to work for WWE as a producer, and then he was um, furloughed as, as part of the COVID um, mm. stuff. Damn. He wrestled, he last wrestled in 2016 in a match against Matt Hardy.
2: I mean, ironically, Matt Hardy right here. Ringside.
0: Yeah, that's true. In
2: 2016, I, I, only four years ago, I think Lance could probably...
0: Oh yeah, he's he's still in shape. He climbed a mountain last weekend.
2: Of course he did. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's too bad. That's an interesting thing. I didn't know that, that was a like possibility.
0: Hmm. Uh,
2: oh, well. All right. Well, next week we get to celebrate Jericho. He won this match, so we're starting early, I guess. Uh, from here. We get a video package. Kip and Miro are hanging out. And Kip really emphasizes to Miro, I only get one bachelor party. Because I'm only doing this thing one time. So it has to be epic. And Miro says, Better than Romspringa? And Kip's like, yeah. Romspringa. Romspringa? And Kip's like, yeah. Yeah. Miro's real married to this Romspringa idea.
0: Did you know about the Romspringa?
2: Oh, I did because I've seen
0: Amish in the city.
2: Uh, that and I've seen. Oh, I well, feel there's like, like
0: an episode of Bones, right?
2: Yep, and yeah. there's Lifetime movies and yeah. yeah, like
1: I've actually seen it in real life.
2: So like you've seen there, Amish.
1: There was like a in the town I grew up in, like outside of it, there was like a small Amish community, and sometimes I've I've seen it like once or twice where there'd be like a buggy on the street. With, like, a boombox blaring.
2: Oh my god. Wait, why are they still in the buggy? I don't know.
0: Can't afford, you know, real wheels. (laughs) Spinning all that boombox.
2: Damn. Well, apparently they drink a lot, too. This is a generalization Mira makes. I don't...
1: I watched the one reality show about it, and...
0: Amish in the City?
1: I don't know if that was the name of it. there like are
0: 2004?
2: There are multiple mm-hmm. Amish Rumspringa right. reality shows.
1: Yeah, I watched something maybe more around, like, the 2009 time Breaking frame. Amish? Breaking yes. Breaking Amish sounds okay.
0: right. TLC, Circuit 2012. Four seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord.
1: <laughs> Remember the Lifetime movie that they made about... They just remade Raising Helen, but... They put. They made the kids be Amish.
2: Yep. Yes, I do. This is this is definitely like my reference point. This and the witness. Yeah. Rumspringa was not portrayed in the witness because no, they had Fox other things going on. To
0: be under Rumspringa.
2: Yeah. But uh, Rumspringa really like imprinted on Miro's brain at some point I, I don't know he's real into it and um, at one point they're at like a, an axe throwing thing and and then they go to well no they're at an axe throwing thing and Miro's talking to somebody on the phone and he's like yeah you know like Rumspringer like hey I want a drink or hey I want to be Amish they gotta pick it's just like okay
0: be careful among them English John Book.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know pretty much like <laughs> so then uh, they end up at
0: what looks think like he a he was Dave... talking to Lana think yeah that the implication
2: yeah okay I mean it's his wife I know she's employed by WWE but she still exists as a person so
1: not the bunny
2: uh you know she's not the bunny anymore but she is a person that's around and Eddie Kingston really keeps asking about her But uh, anyway, the the thing here is that Miro is trying to make sure that his bachelor party is going to be epic, like Kip, Kip asks. So they go from the axe throwing to what looks like a Dave and Buster's, like a video game restaurant thing. I think it was uh, all
0: the same place.
2: All that stuff happened in the same place?
0: I think so. Because there was like a hashtag that appeared on the screen that I think was like, you interact with that place on social media.
1: Oh.
2: Wow, like a mega Even entertainment spot.
1: place where they threw the balls at the screen?
0: Yeah, that was just a video game.
1: Yeah, but how did the video game know that they had thrown the ball?
0: It's like sensors built into the screen. Yeah, I think you can do that <laughs> with balls. Well, that's balls. what I
1: assumed, but then you said it was just a video game. Like, that's like a sensory wall. That's the thing about that. That would be in, like, a place, not in someone's home.
0: Well, right, I, yeah. Though I think that the whole time they were in like a Dave and Buster's type place that also has axe throwing.
2: Interesting so that's huge huge kind of table place to in,
0: in uh, Jacksonville,
2: Florida's oh. weird. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, they they moved to the video game area of it and kept. He must be somewhere else, like playing skee ball or something. No, he said but... he had to go pee. Oh. Okay. Well, Miro is talking or he's playing a game and then somebody comes up next to him and you can't see in the frame and he starts talking to them and then'
0: my I play
2: yeah and uh and we see who it is and it's this man he's got like really long black hair a beard I don't know if you don't know who he is I don't know who he looks like but it turns out to be Billy Mitchell of all people. <laughs> The King of Kong himself, I think, although I don't know now what his status is, I feel like his titles have been stripped away and reissued and stripped away, I I don't know what his status is, but he was in that document, or documentary, King of Kong.
0: Hollywood Florida's own.
2: Hollywood Florida is correct for him. The hot he makes sauce, hot sauce.
0: The hot sauce King of Southern Florida, Billy Mitchell, Donkey Kong champion, Pac-Man champion, very his, relevant. I believe his Xbox gamer tag is perfect Pac-Man.
2: Oh my God, Billy Mitchell!
0: I believe he he logged in one time and played Pac-Man once, and uh, and and then never logged into it again. Is the way is the way I've heard it told.
2: That sounds right.
0: Man this who's, man, uh, man whose video game titles were all stripped of him at one point because of dubious practices, but have somehow been restored.
2: Is that where we settled on that? They are restored.
0: I believe. I believe Guinness recognizes all of his recent records. Twin galaxies might still not. He might have. He might still have been like. Broken from them. Because
2: he played on a main machine instead of a genuine. Yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, have cheated.
2: so uh, drama
1: filled. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't know who he was.
0: I was... I was monumentally excited when I saw Billy Mitchell, the heel of the greatest documentary I've ever seen, appear on screen. And I was like, holy shit, that is Billy Mitchell. And he still looks like Billy Mitchell, a little bit older, but... Um, That's the
1: greatest... You watched Tiger King and Big Kong? is
0: uh, yeah, yeah, Big Kong, yeah. My favorite <laughs> documentary. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, King of <laughs> Kong is better than Tiger King. <sighs> Tells its story a lot faster, that's for damn sure.
2: <laughs> Jenny, you should watch that movie just because, uh, Billy Mitchell is like, he's the antagonist slash heel of that movie, as Andy said, but it's like the 80s, like, is it late 80s, early 90s when this is all being filmed?
0: Um no it was like early 2000s
2: oh god it looks the aesthetic is so
0: 90s well it's because it's like all it's all in retro arcades So i know yeah.
2: i know but like my favorite thing is billy mitchell fancies himself a fucking rock star he you didn't know who he was when he showed up on screen andy texted me and said like not many people are going to know who this person is on screen but in the documentary king of kong he walks around I feel like schmoozing with the ladies, being like, yo, I own this place, and I make hot sauce, and it's... He is just... a thing, man. I, I think he has a a girl on each arm at one point, and it's like, what is happening in this arcade? What is going on?
0: Billy Mitchell rules. <laughs> it seemed to me like this was not a one-off, but rather the first of another... Like, maybe there'll be another appearance, uh, maybe he'll... Uh, Maybe he'll get, like, uh, the Twin Galaxies crew to uh, to the to the bachelor party.
2: Yeah, I definitely assume Billy Mitchell was here to be, like, a bachelor party mentor to Miro.
0: Yeah. That guy that walks around in the referee shirt all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Can't remember his name, but Walter Day, yeah.
2: This, this is gonna be weird. Mm-hmm. Oof, okay, so that was the big reveal there. Um, and then we have to jump back to reality, where...
0: Whoops, there goes gravity.
2: Yep. mom spaghetti.
0: <laughs>
2: um, Dasha is doing a backstage interview with the Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. And she asks where well, everyone that mentally, basically, after last week when FTR revoked the Best Friends offer have a match for the tag titles after initially agreeing and also the Dark Order sabotaged Orange's chance at the TNT championship so just overall kind of a bad week for this crew and before they can answer FTR show up and butt in and Dax very dismissively explains how a wrestling card works and where the best friends places on it which is the bottom compared to where FTR's is at the top and then FTR walk away or they start to walk away, and Trent and Chuck like grab them, so they turn and then they act like they're gonna punch them in the face, and FTR flinch like, very scared. And then Orange calls- was very calls... excellent. Yeah, yeah, they put up their hands like like these big scary boys are gonna kill them, um, and then Orange calls them weenies.
0: I liked it better this week. I don't know why. Maybe because now it's a callback.
2: Yeah. I like their flinching, although it does make them seem like big wusses. Mm-hmm. Ten versus Orange Cassidy—that's what that interview is leading up to. So Orange Cassidy, uh, he gets the win here. He does his beach break move on Ten, but Ten is a big, large man, and he, um, he's a good base for Orange Cassidy.
0: <laughs> okay, um, I think. That this match, the things that you need to talk about in the Orange Cassidy vs. Ten match are that the Dark Order did a best friend's hug. Yes. And the cameraman, who is a traitor, uh, did the pullout.
2: Right? I thought that too.
0: (laughs) And then then Taz mocked Excalibur by yelling that you've got to give the people what they want, which I thought was really funny. Excalibur was not amused. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, they're really, so, so I feel like they're really invested in making John Silver a regular TV character now.
2: Um, he's killing it on BTE, so I think that's probably why.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the reason.
2: I'm okay with it.
0: We'll know 100% if he gets to say Johnny Hungy on TNT.
2: Um, they need to let him flirt with men on TNT. Oh, yeah. I want him and Wardlow to have a segment. Yeah. Speaking of. Speaking of, Wardlow. oh War Dog. Um, Backstage, MJF is waiting outside Chris Jericho in the Inner Circle's dressing room. And to explain the fact that there's a camera there, he looks at the cameraman and says, hey, I know I invited you here, but stop breathing down my neck, indicating he should back up a little bit. So, TK, keeping the continuity. I like that. Yeah, I I guess they're going to come up with an excuse every time they really need to do it.
0: Yeah.
2: So in this segment, with the cameraman following him, I guess for posterity, um, MJF is here because he's bringing a gift to congratulate Jericho on his win. He has this large box that's wrapped up, and like a real jerk, he opens his own gift, which I, I hated. Um, Like, I would have been mad if I was Jericho, but I guess Jericho let it slide.
0: I've never seen someone do that before in my entire life.
2: No, like, I brought you a gift. Part of the gift is you let them open it.
0: Yeah. Like, they still could have done the gag where... Sammy, like, everybody finds theirs, and then there's, like, Sammy's like, wait, where's mine? You know?
2: Yeah. Uh, But instead, or, like, I guess if they were gonna do it this way, why wrap it? (laughs) (laughs) Just come in with a box and say, I've got some stuff for you here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, MJF has a box full of custom inner circle jackets, and he has one for literally everyone, except for Sammy. And he looks at Wardlow and says, Wardlow? Didn't wasn't there one in here didn't you pack it and he's not coming at him with the same angry energy that he has when he's genuinely upset with wardlow wardlow just goes i don't know no man there wasn't a jacket and mjf's like i'm sorry sammy that was that was unintentional like somebody must have messed up down the line and so sammy doesn't get a jacket and then jericho says hey man what are you doing here and he, he goes on to say like, he says some stuff, but ultimately comes down to the question of like, listen, we talked a while ago, do you want to join the inner circle? And MJF counters him and says, whoa, 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 do you want me to join the inner circle? And they go back and forth like this multiple times because neither one wants to ask the other to join the inner circle or be part of the inner circle.
1: This is, of
0: course, a callback to a um, famously annoying segment from... It was was either like late last year or early this year. I know it was in the crowd era of uh, AEW.
2: Yeah, it was... uh, Jericho was still champ at the time, I think.
0: Yeah, so it was before before Revolution.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so um, they're dancing around each other, and I think they both want the same thing, but they refuse to be the one to give in first. But at some point, Hager decides that Jericho is going to get in a fight, so he jumps up, and then Wardlow gets up like, okay, and they stare at each other. And then in the background, Santana and Ortiz and Sam are like, oh, shit, the big guys are gonna go. And they look really excited, which I thought was funny.
0: (laughs) I was pretty excited, so I don't blame them. This made me realize like just how massive Jake Hager is, because he dwarfed Wardlow.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I've never seen them standing next to each other, but geez wordlow's pretty big and he uh he didn't look at no. well we'll probably get to see that at some point but for now mjf just does his passive aggressive thing where he congratulates jericho on his le- legendary 30-year run in that smarmy way he does and then he takes off and sammy when he, when he's gone looks at jericho and he goes what a loser and jericho goes wait Perhaps he's not.
0: Perhaps he's not.
2: <laughs> and then just, like, looks thoughtfully towards the door where MJF had just left.
0: <laughs> this is good. I've liked, I've liked every single thing they've done with these two.
2: Yes. Do you think that MJF will ever join the inner circle?
0: I think it's possible they could, like, you know, he would quickly create a, uh, like, a splinter in the group. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was my thought. Is he wants to ultimately join it so that he can stage a coup? Yeah. Although, who in the inner circle would turn against Jericho? Uh.
0: I don't know. Like, maybe Santana and Ortiz, just because uh, Jericho's, like, decided that he's chasing the tag titles now?
2: Oh, that's true. Yeah? Okay. Well, I guess we'll see. It seems like they're preparing to do something with these two, but I would love it if MJF and Wardlow did a tag match against Jericho and Hager. That'd be fun. Yeah,
0: at some point, yeah. I still think right. we're a ways off from whatever's happening here.
2: Yeah, they'll probably just continue to be kind of like caddy to each other. Next up we have Britt Baker against Red Velvet and this match is basically to show that Britt Baker is back doing stuff. It's like a smash em but longer and Britt gets the win and then after she's already beaten poor Red Velvet she signals for uh, Reba to run up and give her or put on a like protective glove so that she can do the lockjaw on red velvet um but yeah brit's back
0: i thought she looked really good
2: yeah especially considering she's been not doing things for so long um
0: she had fresh gear she did yeah
2: I think one of, maybe JR commented that her arms look bigger than before and not in like a weird, horrible way. And like, yep. a, she has muscles.
0: <laughs> not not <laughs> in like... uncom- uncomfortable male gaze kind of way that he usually says things. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: know. More like a, oh, looks like she's been training.
0: <laughs> I liked what he said. Um, Normally, wrestling dentists are ugly, but not Dr. Baker. And I, just, <laughs> and I was just like, how many wrestling dentists have there been? There was like, Isaac Yankum, DDS, aka Kane, and... Dr. Britt Baker
2: (laughs) That was gonna be my question to you like, (laughs) is there a history of wrestling dentists? Because what a weird comment Sorry, Kane So does this mean Britt's injury is like actually healed? Because I know at the tooth and nail match she was not necessarily fully back
0: Yeah, um, I don't know for sure but she certainly looked at like Pretty much at full capacity.
2: Yeah, it it seemed like it, but I, don't, I always worry. I always worry people feel pressure to come back too early.
0: I thought her. I thought her. Um, her new finisher looked pretty good. Her curb stomp. Yeah. And I like. I really like the sequence that, that she has for her 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 finishing sequence. Now oh, the uh, the super kick, the swinging neck breaker, and then the curb stomp. I think that all fits together really well
2: yeah i thought it looked good
0: yeah
2: all right brit we have long long given you shit about your abilities maybe have to roll that back now i hope so i i would rather her do good than bad yeah all right from there we go to the main event John Moxley versus the Butcher. Now, the way this gets set up is that Eddie Kingston My comes man. out before what? My man. Oh, your man. Ugh. So, <laughs> where, King... where
0: where are we on the uh, the coming around of Eddie Kingston uh, process here, Megan?
2: I like. I'm glad he's like Black Lives Matter. I'm not. Good. That's a good stance to take. But I just... I don't know. I don't like him. I think I like him on BTE better. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's... It's... I think he's endearing on BTE because everybody clearly likes him. Like, he's clearly friends with everybody.
2: Yeah. I think he acts like an asshole on TV, but not the... Not like... The kind I like.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I like his shirts a lot. It's like... It's like... Kind of like... I don't know. Is it, is it insensitive to say like like Chandler Bing esque, uh, yeah. like button downs? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. I still have. So I guess I'll say I still haven't come around on him.
0: Huh, mm. ah, Give it time. Okay. Well.
2: <laughs> probably, eventually, I'll never tell Dave, but, um, yeah, so Eddie Kingston is here to cut a promo because the whole setup of this match is that Eddie didn't tap out last week against Moxley. Bryce Ramsburg ended the match early because Eddie passed out, and so I guess apparently Moxley got angry, is how Eddie tells it, and made Tony Khan sign a match for this week where in Eddie gets to pick his opponent uh, because it won't be him and then before he says who he picked he also, Bryce is out there because he's going to be the referee for this match and Eddie starts to get up in his face and is like hey man, we've known each other for 18 years I thought we were cool why did you ring the bell last week and Bryce is like you know, personal and professional separate last week I was doing my job. You were and Eddie gets. Yeah, that's how it works. Like, you know, lift the hand up.
0: I thought Thoris I... was so good in this little angle.
2: Yeah, he was. It was a serious Remsberg. And he didn't let Eddie intimidate him, which I thought was good because you don't want the refs to be intimidated. But Eddie doesn't really accept the very logical, very reasonable answer Bryce gives him. And so he just like, whatever, dude. And then he starts to take off his uh, jewelry, I think, or like take off his shirt. He basically looks like he's getting ready to go after Bryce and he's got the lucha Bros with him. So yeah, it it,
0: that yeah, Penta and Phoenix are circling.
2: Yeah, it's really like an extremely not fair fight if this goes down.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's curtains for old Bryce.
2: Yeah, who is about a foot shorter than all of them. Mm-hmm. Poor Bryce. Uh, but luckily he's saved because John Moxley doesn't like to see this sort of injustice done to, you know, the bullying. Um, so yeah.
0: if anybody knows anything about John Moxley, especially in the other company, it's that he hates injustice.
2: Yeah, <laughs> unless it's just us.
0: Unless it's just us, yeah. Um,
2: yes, yeah, that to was a deal. Ex- uh, yeah. God, that commercial. <laughs>
0: it's a pretty good one. Uh,
2: but yeah is coming out here to like help out his boy the referee um and so he him showing up is enough for kingston to wave off the lucha bros and be like oh hey moxley what's up um i'm not gonna fight you tonight i'm not gonna pick myself i won't do that but you know you're not gonna face me you're gonna face him and during this time the butcher is walking up to the ring and he gets behind moxley and starts to attack him so this is the opening to this match, the Butcher versus John Moxley, and uh, the Butcher looks like he's been out in that Florida sun a really long time. He's very red, <sighs> but he doesn't win, which is good because that that would have been yeah, one. On yeah, the the title going to the Butcher seems like a weird move. So uh, they have a long match. Longish, I think, and uh, the butcher ultimately taps to m- when Moxie puts him in a headlock.
0: Bulldog choke, they're calling it.
2: All right, bulldog choke.
0: It's the same. It's the same choke that uh, Kingston passed out to last week. Good. That was the point of it. Good. Because Eddie was watching and looking really pissed.
2: Yeah, he got all like hopped up after the match, but he didn't. He didn't jump in there and cause chaos.
0: Okay, so I'm calling it right now. The main event, maybe not the main event. Maybe they will main event with. Actually, I don't know what they would main event with if not this. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the main event of Full Gear is going to be a rematch between Moxley and, Moxley and Kingston, and it's going to be some kind of like a hardcore stipulation match.
2: Yeah, you're probably right. Do. You- lance is going to come back at some point do you think he fits in before this or are we just pushing that program until after
0: no i think archer i think archer versus moxley will main event the anniversary show as planned but then you've got to have something for the pay-per-view one month later or less than a month later
2: is lance gonna be okay by next week
0: i mean we don't know for sure but he, he i think he seems he seems to think that he will be
2: I guess more like, did he quarantine for two weeks, or?
0: Uh, I mean, he said he was going to quarantine when he reported the issue last week, and then it's
2: okay, been so a week,
0: yeah. and then next week it'll have been two weeks, and then the match is another week out after that.
2: Okay. Well, are they're not going to tape it.
0: No, are they going to tape Ooh, I, I don't know. That's a good question, because on their, as far as their usual taping schedules go, that should be a taped show.
2: Because this week, I'm assuming it was taped because Cody was wearing the exact same stuff he was wearing last week?
0: Yeah, this so this week was taped. Um, but it wasn't taped on Thursday like usual, it was taped Friday because Jacksonville hosted the NFL game on Thursday night last week that all the talent went to.
2: Oh yeah, of course.
0: It would be weird to like have an NFL game with like thousands of fans in it and then you're trying to... like. Shoot a little wrestling show at Daly's Place at the same time, being like, guys, can you just like keep it down? Because we're, nobody can hear Chris Jericho's promo.
2: Yeah. There's too much background noise. He's yeah. upset. Oh man, they should somehow incorporate like the wrestling show bleeding into an actual NFL game, like just Stadium Stampede, but with actual football. And then would be great. Try to deal with that. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, that's my official prediction. World title match at the pay per view. Moxley versus Kingston in some kind of uh, like street fight or something. So to create some doubt that maybe with these stipulations, Eddie Kingston has a chance to win.
2: Okay, but he won't.
0: No, I, I would think he wouldn't win. But I think that he didn't tap out and just passed out for a reason in the first match, yeah. which was not. Yeah. It was which was just a normal wrestling match. It wasn't a hardcore match. Which is also something I thought, like, when when they made that match, I thought, that's weird that it's not a hardcore match, but maybe they were just saving the hardcore match.
2: Yeah, well, because also, you're allowed to show blood on pay-per-views, but not so I mean, much on TV.
0: I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to show blood next week in the dog collar match.
2: Oh my god, that match. I feel like there's a limit to the amount of blood you want to show on network television versus, like a pay-per-view where you have to opt in to see the blood
0: I mean I agree with you but we shall see
2: well did you have any thoughts on the match itself
0: it was good I thought that um Butcher I I think it was clear to me that he knew this was like a big a big opportunity for him and I don't think he wasted it I thought he looked really good and I but you know me I I like this kind of match like the real rough kind of Oh yeah, I saw
2: this. I was like, "This is an Andy match for sure."
0: Yeah, but I thought he was good, and you know, Moxley's always good. You know, Moxley is the best wrestler in in the United States uh, right now. uh, Number one on the
2: PWG.
0: (laughs) Close PWI.
2: PWI. PWG is the company. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I you know I, I was I was pretty pleased with it. I, I, I do think that some of their plans were kind of shifted, maybe, because of uh, the, little, the little vid outbreak last week, so... Yeah.
2: You know. I, uh... Did you listen to the Butchering the Blade on the Unrestricted podcast?
0: I have not yet. I'm now two behind, because I have to listen to Miro, too.
2: Okay. I haven't listened to Miro yet, um, but... I really liked the Butcher and the Blade one. I actually think the Butcher is, like, very cool, and we have the same um, podcast sensibility as far as, like, murder, true crime, and uh, conspiracy stuff goes. Mm. So that was fun. And just, like, full-on hearing their voices, it was weird because they're switched in my head. Like, the way the Butcher sounds is the way I would think the Blade sounds, but the blade sounds like a husky giant man, and the butcher just sounds like, I don't want to say normal, because what's normal, but he just doesn't sound it's scary in the bad. way. Yeah, <laughs> he sounds, he's very thoughtful, and uh, I don't know, it's weird, because I always just pictured him as kind of like a meathead muscle man, but I i think I really like the butcher.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I knew he wasn't just a meathead muscle man because, you know, he's a musician too. So, I, I, I cuz we, we we've always known that about him.
2: Yeah, but I've never heard him talk and like some musicians, while talented, can also be kind of terrible. Yeah. Uh, so it was nice to know that he's not. And The Blade seems like a totally normal guy. It's just his voice is <laughs> he, he sounds like a meathead cuz he sounds like a a big husky dude. Um uh, but yeah, they were, I really enjoyed them. But I didn't think I would care that much about the Butcher and the Blade, but they seem like cool dudes.
0: Good, I look forward to that. I need to listen to Santana and Ortiz on Art of Wrestling, too.
2: Oh, me too. Yeah, I listen to Matt Hardy, but... Uh,
0: oh, man, Matt Hardy comes off so well.
2: It's so weird, because the most recent imagery I have of him is... Of the broken map stuff and he's only recently on aew started to just kind of be himself mm-hmm. so yeah like listening to him just have like a full non-character discussion was it was so refreshing and um yeah he's i don't know like he's very normal and nice i it's weird
0: yeah so uh i thought good show overall not like, you know, top tier, but I was I was entertained throughout for sure.
2: Yeah, I thought last week's was the last week's? Uh, they're so up and down recently. This was it was like not bad, but also just fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh next week we've got as mentioned before, Brian Cage defending the FTW title against Will Hobbs. We got Jericho. That's not Anchor, a real title. That's real not a title. real title. Jericho and Hager against Luther and Serpentico, and Mr. Brody Lee versus Cody for the TNT title and a dog collar match.
2: That's so weird.
0: I'm excited. I might go just watch. Just
2: conceptually that. weird.
0: Yeah, I might go watch that Chris Jericho dog collar match on the WWE Network. See if I can like remember anything about it.
2: Are there any additional rules, or is it just that they're like stuck together?
0: It's just that they're stuck together and. And like, you know, I think it's I think it's just still like pinfall and submission.
2: Can they hit each other with chairs and stuff? Or like is there DQing?
0: But usually no, there's definitely no DQing. Usually I think I think the majority of it is like you could like get some slack in the in the rope between you and then like, you know, bunch it up and like use it as a whip basically and stuff like that. Fun stuff like that. Okay. Okay. I'm excited to see what they do. There's a really famous um, Rowdy Roddy, Roddy Piper um, dog collar match from the very first Starcade event in 1983, and so I'm sure that that is what Cody's inspiration for this is.
2: Of course. I figured it was something, like, classic and old because that's just where he lives.
0: Yeah. I don't know if his dad ever did one, but he probably did.
2: It, conceptually, it seems like a, a more old school thing.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's talk about them ratings, Megan. Hell yeah. So last week, AEW did a 0. .34, 886,000 viewers, and was third in the demo. Very, very good. This week, not quite as good. Uh, .33, 866, but 12th in the demo. And I'll tell you, there were... <laughs> There was a lot of playoff baseball yesterday, <laughs> all throughout the day, and it did a lot of uh, good numbers, so that is that is the reason that they were so low in the demo this week. Oh. Uh, NXT, right. on the other hand, was actually up in the um, demo. Uh, they did a .18 last week, they did a .19 this week. But while they finished 31st in the demo last week, they finished 50th in the demo this week again because of God so much sports competition pushing them down.
2: NXT, moved to Tuesday.
0: I know. Dave Meltzer asked Triple H about that on the conference call yesterday, and Hunter was just like, well, that's up to the networks.
2: <laughs> if it were up to the networks, I feel like USA, having seen the performance difference, be all over moving them to Tuesday.
0: I mean, you would think so, but. Evidently not. Alright, we have a couple of news items. Actually, literally a couple, just two. And they're both uh, Japanese-based. Yay! So, this is from Post Wrestling. And uh, it's written by Andrew Thompson of that website. New Japan Pro Wrestling is in the midst of presenting their 30th G1 Climax tournament, and today... It was announced, and today, uh, in this case, is two days ago, as we speak, September 29th. Uh, today, it was announced by the company that Harold Mage is on his way out as president and CEO. Bushy Road's board of directors came to the decision on 929, and the change was made. A new president and CEO has been appointed, and the official change will begin on October 23rd. So, This might mean nothing for AEW, but it is important to note that Kenny Omega did not have a very good working relationship with Harold Mage. Oh. And Harold Mage would have been the point person when AEW was founded as far as any, you know, negotiations working with AEW. Yeah. So it's possible that with a new person in who doesn't have any you know preconceived notions about aew and now that new japan's you know growth in america has been really hurt badly by a not being on tv anymore on access and b by the pandemic meaning that they can't run any shows over here we might find a situation where new japan is suddenly a lot more open to working with aew
2: oh that would be awesome
0: it really would um like even if you could just get like a couple of guys in for each pay-per-view every few months to do like a you know you just get get somebody get like you know get tanahashi in for a feud or get go Ibushi in for a feud and just you know just cycle through guys throughout the year you know
2: yeah that would be so cool oh and it would get new japan some tv exposure
0: yeah so Oh, of course, you know AEW is also in a much different position than they were when they were first starting out. In that, they have security with a long-term TV deal on TNT, and maybe they, maybe Tony Khan wouldn't feel at this point that there's a lot for him to gain by working with another company. That, maybe you know, not, that closely. but
2: he seems like a real wrestling fan, and New Japan has some like very talented people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean you could definitely you could definitely like make the like the wrestling content on the show stronger if you if you were able to work out a deal, but I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. And the other bit of news, also this is also written up by Andrew Thompson of Post Wrestling just today. Ollie wrestling talent Shima shared on social media that he was injured in a traffic accident after his bicycle collided with a car.
2: Oh god.
0: Shea noted that he'll make a comeback, but suffered multiple injuries: head, facial contusion, nasal fracture, left wrist joint contusion, right hand contusion, neck contusion, and lumbar contusion.
2: Jeez, okay. That's what uh, happens
0: when a car meets a, uh, a bicycle?
2: Yeah, I hope he, I hope he was wearing a helmet, but that sucks.
0: Yes, definitely. Is
2: he is he living in Florida? Did this happen in Florida?
0: This happened in Japan.
2: Okay, I wasn't. Sure, where he was located.
0: Yeah, he was. He was. I think he was in Japan because uh, he was supposed to be part of a tournament for for the DDT group this month, which I'm guessing he is now not going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Injuries. Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, he hasn't been. He hasn't worked for AEW since February. So. Oh,
2: I thought he was. I get confused, but I thought maybe he was over here because he also did some coaching or like something along those lines.
0: No, no. So he ran his own promotion in China. Okay. And that was originally, that was going to be a lot of, um, AEW was going to use some of those talents and it never came to fruition because of like some changes in, um, the availability of visas and stuff because of the Trump administration fucking around. Yep. Yeah. But <laughs> Always. No, he, was, he never had, like, an office job with AEW or, like, a, or a coaching role or anything. He was, he was okay. strictly talent. Because he had his own promotion to run. Right. Yeah.
2: It's, God, it seems like so long. The last time we saw him, wasn't he considering joining the Dark Order?
0: That's right. <laughs> That's right. Good memory. <laughs> Thank you. i forgot about that.
2: He took the mask, he walked away, and then we never saw him again.
0: No, then COVID swept him away. As it did all of us.
2: Ugh.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at, uh, he wrestled, he wrestled on AEW Dark on February 19th. He and T-Hawk uh, lost to Uno and Grayson, and that's probably when they, maybe when they gave him the mask or whatever
2: yeah oh my god that i know it was this year but it feels so long ago
0: mm-hmm. i mean it was <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so that's about it for this week kind of slow on the news front but that that herald mage news may turn out to be something but uh, we'll just have to wait and see
2: oh i hope so i want some new japan action over here
0: yeah me too that'd be exciting and uh, and you know especially because Moxley, you know that he's going to be back over there as soon as it's via, you know he's able to and and uh, who else has that deal Jericho I'm sure still wants to work big matches over there occasionally and I think Miro has it in his contract as well that he can work for New Japan if uh, they can come to an arrangement so it's not it's it would be nice to see like it not being all one way traffic in that relationship.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, Jenny, as you may have noticed, is already gone, so she can't send us off like she usually does, so hopefully Megan will pick up the slack. For Jenny and Megan, I'm Andy. Thanks for listening to you leap Beat.
2: E-Leap Beat. e e